I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today? Doing well. I um, I was basically podcasting all weekend, so oh it feels God. like I haven't had a break. I was telling my sister, um, she was like, you've been podcasting for like three or four days in a row. <laughs> and I go, it's really not that serious. It's just that I did two podcasts in one day on Sunday, and then we always record on Monday nights. So it feels like I've been podcasting forever, but I haven't. It hasn't but, been like that deep. Yeah, it's not, it's not that deep. But Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I did not spend my weekend podcasting, but I did spend my weekend with a ton of wrestling. It was WrestleMania. Oh. Big uh big uh mania yeah mania <laughs> um yeah there was uh quite a bit of matches um i'm always surprised by how well they could pull something like this off for two nights in a row um they filled up sofi stadium which is where out in los angeles where the chargers and rams play and combined uh it was 161,000 people between the two nights and yeah just insane numbers um always get surprised when i see someone like <laughs> i can't believe i'm saying this uh logan paul like oh my god show up and actually be good at wrestling actually a, a contender like, he looks like he can like be like an actual wrestler with what he does like he's that a natural at it it's insane it's insane to me crazy to me uh, so yeah, so that was my thing. Uh, by the way, uh, the next pay per view event is going to be in Puerto Rico. Hey, and Bad Bunny is hosting that. No, as well. and I will, he's already he involved is. in the storyline to oh my take gosh. them into that next month. So that's going to be fun. So yeah, that was my weekend full of uh, fantasy. Uh, much. I mean, like, so was mine. Yeah, much like of, the weekend yeah. movie yeah. that we're going to talk about right now. Uh, but before we talk about that movie, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. And if you like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. I'm not taking that out. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. And thank you to our patrons, Janet, Curtis, Bale, Cindy, CD, Alana, Grace, Lorna, and Ib. Love you guys. Yes, thank you guys so much for being loyal supporters. Uh, today, we are going to talk about the brand new film, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Jessica, why don't you let us know what this movie's about? The IMDb synopsis reads, A charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic, but things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. Yes. Uh, this movie is directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Uh, John Francis Daly... Uh, people may know him from the show Freaks and Geeks back like in the late 90s, 2000s, early 2000s. Uh, he, him and Jonathan are also the directors of Game Night, uh, that lovely comedy from a few years Frickin ago. Freaking love Game yeah. Night. Oh, it's such a good I movie. I own Game Night. 
You own it. Look at that. Yes, I do. <laughs> that's that's how good it is. Uh, they also had writing credit along with Michael Gilio. Uh, the movie stars Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Justice Smith. I need help on this one. Is it Roger Jean Page? Yes. It is, right? Yes. I just want to make sure that I'm pronouncing it right. It's not a guh sound. Right. It's not a guh. It's Roger. Yeah. Yeah, Roger Jean Page. Yes. Got it. Uh, Sophia Lillis, uh, Chloe Coleman, Daisy Head, and Hugh Grant. Uh, So, Jessica, how did this movie do with critics and with the box office? Opening weekend, it made $37 million domestic. And seventy million dollars worldwide. That's not bad. Not That's bad. not bad for a movie. I mean, John Wick did seventy mil. True. Domestic last weekend. I, I would say this is hard to compare to something like John Wick that has been established. I'm just saying right. that it's like, oh, I went fishing last week and I caught like hundred fish, and I went fishing this week and I only caught thirty. Right. Of That's course. what it feels like. Right. Exactly. If you're comparing to last week, yes, for right, sure, right. for sure. But still, not a bad opening for a movie no. like this that didn't really have like an establishing property. Although there is the game out in the world, yes, you know, but it doesn't have like prior movies tie-ins of of any kind. Uh, the but, Rotten Tomatoes score. Yes, go ahead. Tell me what that is. High, ninety-one percent critic score and a ninety-four percent audience score. Mm. The Critics Consensus reads, an infectiously good-spirited comedy with a solid emotional core. Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves offers fun fantasy and adventure, even if you don't know your HP from your OP. Hey, look at that. So let me ask you this question before we talk about the movie. Do you know anything about Dungeons & Dragons? Yeah, I know that there's dungeons and that there's dragons. Don't. Oh my god. I was hoping you wouldn't do that, but of course you did. I have no idea about dungeons and dragons fair enough i've never played i don't know anybody that does play maybe my closest involvement to dungeons and dragons has been watching stranger things Mm, yeah i think a lot of people like that's how they're kind of like introduced into that world yes yeah which makes sense um what's funny is that dungeons and dragons obviously has like this connotation of being you know very nerdy um because it it was played by so many people who are classified as nerds uh especially when it was like in 70s 80s like look at the kids from stranger things they're not exactly (laughs) the most popular kids in school type of thing um but this is a fantasy tabletop role-playing game so you take on the character it's not like a typical board game where there's like pieces and stuff like you're kind of inventing a story as you go along and so there's a dungeon master someone who kind of like builds the story for you and like if you decide oh i want to make a left here at the fork in the forest then he kind of guides you or he or she guides you to be like okay this is what happens down this path and how are you going to handle that type of thing so it's not your typical board game and even though I don't know people in my immediate circle who play it, uh, there are a lot of famous instances of people who do. Like someone uh, very famous who who plays this, and ha- he's a dungeon master, is uh, Joe Manganiello. Yes. Uh, Married so, to Sofia Vergara. 
Yes, married to Sofia Vergara. Very famous uh, Magic Mike 2 scene with him. Uh, oh, I always consider that he's from True Blood. True Blood is another one. Um, yeah, apparently he's a diehard dungeon master for Dungeons & Dragons. I saw this video come up on TikTok the other day mm-hmm. of him receiving delivery on this giant table yes that was custom Mm -hmm. to play dungeons and dragons yeah and i was like not gonna lie that table looks pretty fire like i don't don't, yeah (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna lie either and he's got like famous friends who play with him uh vince vaughn uh the guys who um uh, game of thrones the showrunners of game of thrones um a guy from rage against the machine so like a who's who of famous people i know stephen colbert always talks about it that he grew up playing it <laughs> so there there is a fandom there maybe not as widespread as some other like famous game properties like clue or something like that but this is a new type well not new but this is more of an unconventional type of gameplay than people are used to that's mm-hmm. i think that's the big crux of it most people are used to having a board and having pieces and you move around uh, this is not really that, and that's what's interesting about it. It lets your imagination play. So tying that into mo- the movie that we are talking about, this is a fantasy movie uh, with a bunch of different characters. So what did you think about the movie itself? I thought the movie was pretty solid, really cute, had a little more heart than I was expecting. I thought the comedy was very good mm-hmm. i mean i wasn't every time i say like the comedy is good i do have to like say the the thing is i didn't really laugh that much oh i see what you're saying but i appreciated the comedy and the tone that it was going for for sure i only think a couple of things went over my head as far as references to like or sort of like easter eggy things tongue-in-cheek lines referring to the game or the gameplay how you play whatever so that was kind of nice it was very friendly for people like me who just don't have the foundation of dungeons and dragons of ever playing of knowing anything about how to play the game so overall i think it's a very solid adaptation from a game yeah i don't know i don't know how you feel about it but i i would say that Based on the knowledge that I have, they incorporated a lot of the things that you kind of expect from Dungeons and Dragons. We're talking about high fantasy. We're talking about different archetype of characters in the band, the group of people. You know, you have the planner, you have the warrior, you have the magician or sorcerer, you have like, you know, the person who can like shapeshift, you know, animals and stuff. So they're playing with the archetypes and they're having all these different creatures that if you're a Dungeons and Dragons fan, definitely you're going to notice. You're going to be like, oh, I know what that is. You know, so if you're a fan, obviously this is going to be fun for you. But what I do appreciate about the movie is that it doesn't try to over explain things. Oh, yeah. It kind of just throws you into the world, but it's not overcomplicated. It's not like all this lore 
you know, maybe there's. I mean, one there's lore, but it's not un- inaccessible. Right, you know? exactly. It's not like they spend like the you know a huge chunk of exposition trying to like, explain. You know, as much as I love Lord of the Rings, it's pretty unfriendly for like the first time viewer, and it has this giant prologue of narration from Galadriel, right? And it's a very famous prologue. Some people have it memorized. But it's trying to explain and set up the world before you actually get started into the story, right? Yeah. This didn't need that level of storytelling and exposition dump before you got into the bulk of the story. Right, exactly. So it just, you know, you know, it, it, it threw you in you and you didn't have to know much going into it, which I very much appreciated. Uh, just put you into the world and you kind of just went along and oh okay like i get it i get what's happening um so let me ask you let's talk about some of the people in this movie we'll start with chris pine he is the leader of the group um how do you feel first off chris pine just in general because i don't know if we've ever chris pine (laughs) we've never really had that conversation about chris pine we haven't had a conversation about chris pine but i feel like I, I really enjoy Chris Pine and pretty much everything that he does, even if the movie is like not my favorite movie. Yeah. So I don't think Chris Pine is like ever the issue in movies. Like even when we saw Don't Worry Darling, we weren't like Chris Pine sucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Into the Woods, I wasn't like Chris Pine sucked. You know, I really enjoy his performance. I really like his persona whenever he's promoting movies and he's doing interviews and um. It seems like he is that sort of like Captain Kirk person. Yes. You know, like very playful, very, you know, uh, tongue in cheek and clever. So I like Chris Pine a lot. I would say that I got off on the wrong foot with Chris Pine because the first time I ever saw him was in Princess Diaries 2. And I got to be honest, I freaking hate him in that movie and i don't ship that couple and i don't like that sequel so there's that oh my goodness <laughs> which is hot take hot take hot take <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness <laughs> okay um i really enjoy chris pine i think that he has like this wonderful charm he's so charismatic he's so charismatic and he could play straight he could play funny he can play anything that you really want out of a leading man he can sing he can dance (laughs) Uh, song (laughs) and dance man um and so although not all of his movies have been hits per se i will say that um his his take on captain kirk in the reboot of star trek is phenomenal Mm -hmm. i really enjoy uh hell or high water have you seen that movie? No, I oh, haven't. It's, it's fantastic. But I'm, now I'm thinking of other Chris Pine movies that I have seen. I think I saw him in The the Finest Hour. The Finest Hour. Yes. Yeah. He is in The Finest Hour. Good. Great movie, actually. And a good performance as well. Yes. A little bit more of a straight performance from him, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think he is what you want in a leading man. What I like about Chris Pine is that he's like a character actor. You know, he yeah. can create a character and have this character sort of leap off the screen. And then he can also play like the finest hour kind of person who is very much a product of the story and doesn't leap out of the screen at you. And it is kind of more straight 
And that's fine. Like, he's very versatile. He is. And in this movie, he provides that gravitas of, okay, we have a star here in our midst who can carry this movie because it is necessary to have, like, someone that the crowd recognizes to carry the story. Um, then we move over to Michelle Rodriguez's character, uh, Holga. She plays the war- the warrior uh, so big, strong. Were you going to say the horrier? No, I was Why? not going to say that. Stop it! Stop it! Uh, so the warrior, yes, character, um, fits her nicely. This is the type fits of role nicely. it works. It works yeah. for her. Um, mm-hmm. She has shown those type of uh, chops in her Fast and Furious franchise. She has been asked to be that tougher character. Uh, and she shows it off here uh, that in, there's an entire sequence. You see it in the trailer. She's like beating up on all these knights. And it's funny and it's great as well, seeing that type of action. Uh, we have Justice Smith. I think I remember him from a movie we reviewed, uh, Detective Pikachu. Yeah. He was in that. He's yeah, been in he other was. things as well. Yeah. But um, I thought he was I thought he was fun. Um what do you think about him in this? No, in this role? I, look, I didn't have any issues with any of the actors. Okay, I think they were all pretty well cast, and everyone did a pretty great, great job. Justice Smith, funny. I, I mean, they're fine, right? Like Justice Smith could have been Michael Sarah, and it would have been like ten times funnier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you could have gotten someone who has like a weird ass persona gotcha. and brings it to the table and just you know runs with it right <laughs> justice smith is very good in this role but you know you could have someone else come in and do potentially a better job just throwing that out there sophia lillis historic fine perfectly adequate job didn't think it was anything revolutionary one of the i think we saw her in it part two yeah she is. Was the last time we She's in saw it part two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was okay. the last time. Um, but the last one I will say is Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant Let's is talk just about Hugh Grant. Let's- chewing <laughs> up every scene he is in. This man. Full course meal. Full course meal, man. It was fantastic. Just like <laughs> the mannerisms he's doing, the way he's speaking to everybody. Um, I know in the trailer it's like, I would hate to watch you die. That's why I'm going to leave the room. And just like these little <laughs> intricacies that he brings to this character is so fun. He just, he was having a great time. He's absurd. Movie. Oh, for absurd sure. Absurd in this movie. I love every second that he's on screen. Probably should have used him more mm-hmm. than they did. Hugh Grant. What do you think about Hugh Grant and the way his career kind of has shaken out and the way that he's in more stuff now or has is starting to like sort of make us i don't know is this a hugh grannissance that we're seeing <laughs> is this the beginning of one because i don't know he's in another movie that's out right now a guy ritchie movie uh Operation... okay well him and guy ritchie have well, had yeah, a few movies collaborating. Yeah. yeah but i'm saying like uh he pops up just randomly in movies and you're like oh hugh grant 
And That's not like, the Hugh Grant that I know, though. No, I know. This That's is, what I'm saying. This is a different Hugh Grant for you because yeah. you're used to like four weddings and a funeral and Bridget Jones' Notting diary, Hill Notting and, Hill, yeah. Love Actually. Yeah. Yeah, that is a man who there's a reason why he was in our first initial rom-com Hall of Fame class because that man was like just be making bank on those type <laughs> of movies, on rom-coms. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoy this part of his career. He I do. is I do taking too. these opportunities to just have fun with characters. Yeah. And he gets to do whatever he wants with the characters. Uh, he was in Paddington too. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. he you know, he was a bad guy there, you know, <laughs> evil mustache twirling type of villain, you know. Like he's having fun and I really enjoy when Hugh Grant has fun. Uh, also, he was in Man from Uncle, underrated Man from movie. Uncle. Underrated well, he movie. was in The Gentleman. Yes, which is he, that Guy Ritchie movie that yes. I like. I, I think know. we have a review of it out. Did we? Yeah, we I'm pretty that sure movie. we reviewed that movie, The Gentleman. And I sort of ripped it to shreds, but yeah, you did. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> again, like Hugh Grant in that movie is doing things. He and really is serving in different ways than we've seen before because this isn't this isn't like the two weeks notice <laughs> Notting Hill Hugh Grant from 30 20 years ago no of course not so it's really exciting to see Hugh Grant in movies now which is pretty rare of a thing to say I was like <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited to go see Chris Pine and Hugh Grant <laughs> like oh my I <laughs> yeah uh, so one more thing uh, before we get into like spoilers and stuff, I do wanted to or did want to mention uh, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein uh, coming in and writing a script that I believe is like really funny. Um, obviously, like you were saying that there wasn't a lot of moments where you like laughed out loud, but you did find funny. Yeah. Like, a lot of the stuff. And I think that was. It's humorous. It's very humorous. And I think that's when the movie works its best. Is when it's the humor is really driving those moments mm-hmm. versus like when they try to get, you know, a little more in the emotional side. Yes. I don't think it's that strong, but still not bad. But just uh-huh. I think the the comedy is what really sticks for this movie. And there's so many fun moments that I really enjoy. So that's that's my take there is that I, I really enjoy what Daly and Goldstein brought to the script. Uh, how they didn't make this world feel so exclusionary. Like if you're not a part of it or if you don't Absolutely. know what you're even talking about, you know, you feel comfortable in this, you know, fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Uh, anything else that you want to touch on before we get into spoilers? No, let's go. Let's, let's go into it. spoilers. We're going to talk spoilers for Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? All right, let's go ahead and let's talk spoilers for Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. I think the first place that I want to start, it's, it's the cameo. It's oh the my god! Uh, this was something that <laughs> I was not expecting. I busted out. It laughing. was fantastic. 
So, you know, was this the best part of the whole movie, possibly? Um, for me, it might be. It might be the best moment of the movie. I think uh, so. You can make an argument for it. Yeah. You can. Um, <laughs> oh my god! So, in the middle of the movie, we go back to Michelle's home that she left because, um, you know, she broke up with she, her husband or boo or whatever. Right. Exactly. And she's and, going to pick up some stuff. And when she goes who back. Who opens the door? Who opens the door? Bradley Cooper. <laughs> a small Bradley Cooper. Oh. Oh, my goodness. This was. I was dying, bro. The smile that lit up my face <laughs> when Bradley Cooper opened the door. <laughs> I did one of those like. Oh, wait, I just like point at the screen. Just like. <laughs> what he's and then he's little and he's so funny and cute and the whole house is like built like forced perspective whether in real life or cgi i don't know and he's sitting in this huge chair and michelle rodriguez is giant and i was like a plus plus a plus plus when when i first saw him i was like is that yeah and i was like no and then when I see those blue eyes, I was like, oh, my God, that's Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. And then he's he married another big woman. Oh, yeah. Another, another big tall woman. woman. Yeah. Yeah. And like the woman's so unfazed that it's his ex <laughs> or friend. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, how long are you in town? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love her because she's like baseline hospitable. Yeah. And what was it? They're like, we're going to go rob whatever town. It was like winter, whatever the town was Never called. winter. Never winter. And she goes, oh, right. Okay. Like, she's just like, sure. Cool. <laughs> sure. Bet. Okay, cool. Uh, you do you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And then they go and they shake hands. And Michelle Rodriguez's hand just envelops his. <laughs> oh, man. That was a wild moment to me. <sighs> that was that was a fun moment. Yeah. Um, I would say that a lot of the CGI scenes throughout this movie don't really do anything for me uh, just because it's it's a lot of just like, ah, just like a lot of things just green screen everywhere and didn't really do yes, much for me. I agree. It sort of like makes you go cross-eyed after a sec. And mm-hmm. I mean, this is the era that we're living in. Yeah, exactly. And it's been a complaint in more than a few reviews of ours where we're just like, I don't even know what. Like, we said that about Ant-Man. Oof, that one was a bad one. And, and we were like, what even? Like, I saw the yeah. trailer for Guardians, and I'm I'm not looking forward to that because, yeah. like, that movie looks almost the way Ant-Man and the Wasp looks where it's just, like, green screen. They're just in front of a green screen almost the entire time. That's what it almost looks like. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I'm not excited about that. That's one of the big complaints that I have just about movies in general is that I have – this is not me trying to toot my own horn or anything, but, like, I have a keen sense of knowing, oh, that background's fake. Like, they're you clearly have, in front of a green screen. Well, it's not – like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know, like, when some scenes are in front of a green screen. But I think that when it's done really well – I sort of just sh- shut my brain off, but you don't shut your brain off and you like notice things about the CGI. Yeah. And you notice 
inconsistencies sometimes and if people's faces get swapped like they did in the 355 with Fun Bang Bang, which is my favorite example <laughs> of you fantastic. just sort of in the middle of the theater going, Fun Bang Bang is not there. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean she's not there? She's yeah. clearly not in that same room. They CGI'd her face onto a body Someone double. else. Yeah. Yeah. And this was before we had read anything about like the production no, or anything. We were literally sitting in the theater. I just it before. Yeah, I you even were like, read "She's anything. not there. Like, she's what? not there. There's no way so she's there." That's what you mean. Yeah. By, you know, I can suss out some sus CGI. Yeah. So can I? Yeah, I can. And I know I cannot. I'm right. Well, if it looks bad, bad, then I'm like, oh yeah, that looks yeah, bad. Yeah, of course. But I'm a little more like, how do I put it? I can't taste the diet in diet products, like when you eat different oh, things. See, that's I how it can. feels like. That's how, and then in real life, I can't either. Like I'm right. just like, so is like, this fat free? I don't really like. I guess my taste buds just suck. So, not only in real life comparison. is that a real like a thing comparison. between us, but for if you apply it to CGI, it's the mm-hmm. same between yeah. us. Yeah, like you hand me a Coke and a Diet Coke. I know well, which one. Okay, the diet. so that's like a very obvious one. And then I just fat mean free like stuff. Yeah, yeah, mostly oh, like I fat can free stuff. Tell like, oh, this is this is fat free yogurt, or this is you yeah, know whatever. Yeah. Like, like I can tell things like that. Uh, but then visually, though, like there are moments where I'm just like, mm, mm. that was not good. And so that happens in this movie, um, where I'm just looking at the screen. And I'm just like, eh. Not exactly engaging, you know. Right. Not right. exactly engaging. But besides that, you know, we can kind of like put that off to the side because I still found myself enjoying the characters and the, you know, the relationships and the dynamics between these characters. Um, because Chris Pine is the one that's doing a lot of the work of interconnecting with these different characters. He's got, you know, uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character. They're just really good friends and. You know, they work together. Then you have his kind of not paternal, but he's definitely like an encouraging figure to Justice Smith's character. And then obviously he's a father. Uh, but then he's a buffoon. So but like, he's a buffoon, exactly, yeah. as well. So like a lot of the stuff, like I really enjoyed the, the type <laughs> of humor, like from the scene where Michelle Rodriguez is beating the crap out of all these knights and he's still trying to get the ropes off of his hand. Yeah. And they just keep cutting back to just him like trying to saw off the rope and it keeps getting me every time. I like how they do call attention to like how useless his character is. Yeah. They go, what do you, what do you hear? Like, what do you do? What is your talent? Uh, He goes, I'm the plan. I'm the man with the plan. I make the plans. And like that felt very much like a uh, Easter egg for those who play the game because I suspect there is one person who just knows everything and makes the plans and everyone else is just kind of like falling in line. That's very possible, yeah. He's like, I just make the plan. He doesn't have any skills. (laughs) No, he he could play the, uh, what is it, the mandolin? Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, But other than that, like they're like, but you already made the plan, so what else and he goes well if the plan fails i'm making another one yeah yeah yeah. and then so you make plans that fail <laughs> so like <laughs> little things like that were uh, pretty funny um oh you know what i i really laughed at is 
basically that opening scene where he's giving the story and they're oh, waiting, that's a good one. They're waiting yeah. for Jonathan. The prison break. Yeah, and <laughs> he takes Jonathan. <laughs> it's just I, I really think Jonathan would uh, would appreciate the story and right. he really. I would hate know. to have to just repeat myself <laughs> if Jonathan's going to be here. And then he 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 takes Jonathan once he walks in through the window, and they're like. But we were going to pardon you. <laughs> we just approved you a pardon. Oh, uh, that was great. Great yeah. timing on jokes. Uh, fun stuff. Um, I did like some of the like landscapes that they shot in. Like oh, you can right. tell that there are moments where there, they shoot in this wonderful landscapes. Yeah, it looked a lot to me like um, New Zealand or mm-hmm. Ireland or something like that where they shot. So that was a pot, a plus for me to see, like, because I like seeing real vistas, damn it. Yes. Okay. So when they pull that, I'm like, oh, they're taking a page of like the Peter Jackson playbook and just film on location. And if you need a castle here or there or some sort of thing, like you just augment it with CGI, but you film there. Okay. Exactly. You yeah. film there. Yeah. Ah, I wish more of these like high concept movies would film like on location. It's just so expensive. That's the so, problem. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, so I, I can't be in there spending their money. They they obviously know what they're doing half <laughs> of the time. Uh, okay. So the the movie itself, the the whole plot line is that he is trying to uh, basically right some wrongs from the past you know he was an honorable like soldier spy and then because of something that he did which was steal gold from some wizards or sorcerers uh basically cursed his wife to death pretty much like they they came back and they killed his wife and his whole goal is to try to revive his wife using some magical tablet Uh uh-huh and then through the course of the story you know, he entrusts Hugh Grant, like, watch after my daughter because he gets caught. And, you know, he has kind of – Hugh Grant's been spreading lies to the daughter. And <laughs> so we get, like, this, like, you know, this cunning – Did you like that twist? The twist of what? Well, he sits down with Hugh Grant and he realizes that he's just been lying about everything and poisoning his daughter against him and that he's uh, tricked them. Yeah. And was going to like give them up for ransom. And then the witch, Safina, was like, no, 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 we're just going to murder them. So. Right. So, I mean, it was a bit of a twist. Uh, we needed to have something happen so that way the heroes can come in and save the day. Um, I don't know how I feel about this, the whole sorcerer side. Like those characters, feels like a bunch of just hocus pocus. Yeah, there you go. Just <laughs> characters just thrown in there for the sake of having an antagonist. But I didn't feel particularly drawn to them at well, all. Well, the thing is, like, you don't really. It's they're evil for evil's sake. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So for me, that didn't really do much. Yeah. So. Did you like the Winterfell? Why can't I get the name of Never the winter. city? Never winter. Never winter felt like Duloc, and Hugh Grant felt like Lord Farquaad. <laughs> 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 oh, that is great. 
That is great. That's actually a very good call. That's a great call. Yeah. Uh, man, Lord Farquaad. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> All right. Uh, so what else? Anything else that you want to talk about in this movie? Yeah. So let's talk about this. When Regé Jean Page gets introduced, he's like this perfect knight. And a lot of this movie and these archetypes of these characters felt very olden like i don't know if you've read some like sir gawain and the green knight and all this like old literature but they felt like of that era and the scene where he takes him down to go get the helmet thingy and it's on like suspended on this island thing underground it's like really bizarre anyway that whole scene was really kind of interesting because I felt like they were pulling from the production design was pulling from real life. Mm-hmm. Like when he's fighting all of those sorcerer people, they're on almost like geometric shaped stones stacked up. Oh yeah. All around. And when I saw that, I was like, Oh my God, it's like the giant's causeway in Ireland. Oh, which is a natural phenomena that happens, and then you can go visit this area, which is like right along the seaside, and it's really cool to see like the stones actually shaped like that. Mm. And I was like, "Oh, cool!" So it's like the Giant's Causeway, and then in that same scene, you have this really fat dragon that comes out and is trying to like eat all of them. <laughs> this really fat dragon, <laughs> which is really funny, but you have this scene with Doric who falls off, like, the edge of, um, like, a walkway or something. I yeah. can't remember. Like, the th- the floor, like, falls out from underneath her, and she's yeah, hanging on. Yeah, it's like on. a bridge. Yeah. And the dragon, like, gets up and jumps up to try and bite bite her or eat her. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like a Jurassic Park ripoff. <laughs> it was like a sh- beat for beat, shot for shot, exactly like Lex in Jurassic Park, where she, like, falls through the ceiling and the raptor tries to eat her right jumps up to like yeah bite her. jumps up to try to bite her yeah yeah uh very cool homages all the way around especially like right there uh i think overall will would you be interested in seeing a sequel to this not really okay gotcha um sorry i don't think <laughs> no no it's no problem i i don't think i would mind um you know, it's not like something like I'm racing to be like, oh, we have to get a sequel. But if they decide to make one, sure. Well, why here's not? the thing. I don't really like these characters are all fine. But like, let's get more Hugh Grants in there. Like, where's um, what's his face from Gladiator? Like, I want Russell Crowe to be doing stuff as silly as Hugh Grant Mm-hmm. considering like we saw him in thor love and thunder and he was like the best part of thor love and thunder and he was ridiculous so i really appreciate when prestige actors and actors who have been typecast like hugh grant go against the grain and they do something really fun so i would almost want different characters like chris pine hugh grant maybe like some other people mm. to yeah. fill out like the ensemble cast change right I, I think that would be great because I think that when it comes to Dungeons & Dragons, it all depends on what character you're bringing to the game. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. having new characters with different types of archetypes would be cool to see how they interact with if Chris Pine is like the mainstay mm. and how do the other characters change and interact with him. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be cool to see because then it expands the world. Just like I can see like Helen Mirren just coming in being <laughs> good Lord. Ridiculous. She's going to be in all of it. I just want Helen Mirren and everything because she's you really do. I I honestly, it's the funnest thing to see some of these prestige actors just sort of get one of these paycheck movies and have a shit ton of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Have so. all the fun in the world. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> overall, very enjoyable movie. Um, you know, fun time. I wouldn't say. Well, the thing is, early in the year, it, it's high on my list right now, but it's not going to be high, you know, come probably the end of summer, you know, type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. For now, there's a nice, good, like, placeholder of like, oh, that was a lot of fun. This is a good time at the movies type of thing until we start building out the summer roster and more movies start coming out. Mm-hmm. So uh, anything else before we get out of here? Two things. Go. If you were one of these characters, which one would you want to be? Like, if I had their... to be that specific person, no, or not just that like specific. Like maybe their type or their what they have. Yeah, skill wise, sorcerer, sorcerer, easily. Nah. Yeah, yeah. Be able to just like Nuh-uh. through like magical stuff, whatever, whenever you can. Yeah, man, that would be the what? most fun. It would for me. It'd be their. Michelle Rodriguez's Holga or Regé Jean Page, just basically mm. for the same reason because they're, they're unstoppable warriors. warriors. Yeah, yeah. And they have I great mean, that, skills. Those are great calls. Yeah, um, I can't believe you said sorcerer. I literally had no idea what you were going to choose, and I didn't think that you would choose <laughs> sorcerer. <laughs> yeah, man. Anything to like throw like a magical spell on something, or just yeah, man. I okay, love again. that. Love okay, it. Gandalf. So let me ask you this. What would you rate this movie? We forgot to give our scores. We did. Uh, so I would say that this is a good B plus. B plus. Okay, yeah. I gave it like a B minus. Okay. Maybe yeah. even C plus just because it oh. was so like average. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I saw it a little bit better than average, but I got gotcha. you. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. All right. So B plus for me. That's it. B minus, maybe C plus from you. And yeah. that is our thoughts on Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. So if you watch the movie, if this is your first time checking it out or checking us out, thank you so much, first off. And check us out at Always Critic Pod. We're on all the socials. You can find us on all your favorite podcast apps. Just look for Always the Critic Pod. If you've done all that and subscribed and everything, Check us out on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. You could go there and show your support for as little as $2 a month, which is way cheaper than any type of coffee pretty much anywhere you could buy. So believe me, we have a lot of fun, but your support really helps out in continuing to produce the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the big thing. Uh, next week, uh, we I know we have one movie definitely on the dock. I don't know if we'll be able to pull off two movies, but I that might be from my end. 
Uh, we'll see. We'll see. One of those movies is definitely going to be Super Mario Brothers. Yes. Uh, that is definitely one of the ones that we're going to talk about. If we get a chance to do a second movie, we'll see. But just stay tuned to our thoughts on Super Mario Brothers next week. And with that, that has been our episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic podcast. Always the Critic podcast.